Hey, and welcome to Generation Changers Church Podcast. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Barry Smith. Uh, Question for you. How many of you grew up playing video games? Now, some people play video games and never grow up, but in the process of growing up, we have video games. Today, they're everywhere. You can play them on your cable TV system. You can play them on computer. You can play them on their iPad. You can play them on your phone. And some of you are probably playing video games right now. But don't anybody look around. But they're everywhere. Well, they had great video games when I was growing up too. And I thought I'd show you an example of just one of them. Anybody remember Pong? Cool, wasn't it? Two white bars on either side of the the screen hitting a white dot black and fo- back and forth, you know. That was the extent. But then they got better. Pac-Man. Space Invaders. Asteroids. Donkey Kong. Frogger. I still play Frogger if I have to go downtown in the mornings in Nashville. It's the same premise. And Street Fighter. I mean, all these, they were high tech, man. The only thing different, young people, was we actually had to get out of our pajamas, put our clothes on, get in a car, and go to a separate building somewhere called an arcade. And I'm talking to them because this, you know, they can play it wherever they are right now, but we would go in and the room would be filled with huge, ginormous machines, and there was only one game on each machine. I mean, you can download like 250 games in one app now uh, on your phone, but, but one game per machine. But, but the trick was, you had to put money in the machine before you could play the game. Hmm. And man, you would go through that money fast, especially if you weren't very good. But after about $100 worth of quarters, you'd beat level one. And there was nothing like the feeling of seeing those two words come up on the screen, level up. Well, I want to borrow that phrase for this New Year series because I believe God is calling his people to level up. Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But what is that freedom for? Here's what he goes on to say. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into to the same image from one degree of glory to another. The New King James Version says, from glory to glory. The idea is that we are constantly leveling up. Now, in this scripture, the term unveiled face comes up. And what that's a reference to is this. In the Old Testament, when Moses had an encounter with God up on the mountain, he came down in front of the people and his face was glowing with the glory of God. But over time, that glory began to fade. So he put a veil over his face so that people would not see that the glory had faded. It's exactly what we do. When we fail to spend time with the Lord and the glory seems to be wearing away, we start putting on a mask. We start telling everybody everything's okay, I'm great. I know I haven't been to church in six months, but God is good and all these kind of things. And, but yet something's going on inside of us. Well, Paul says in Corinthians, when we come to Jesus Christ, God gives us an encounter with him that's ongoing so the glory never fades away. 
As a matter of fact, it's an ever-increasing glory where level by level, glory by glory, we are becoming more like Jesus. Let me ask you, are you more like Jesus today than you were one year ago? My only answer to that was, Lord, by your grace, I sure hope so. (laughs) Because we're still supposed to be becoming more like Jesus each day. We have to level up. But the leveling up process is one to which we must yield and one with which we must cooperate. Now, we're going to talk about how to level up. And this morning, we're going to talk about our thinking. Let me say a phrase and see if anybody knows where this phrase came from. Here we go. I'll start off slow and then say it faster. I think I can. 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 We all know that came from the story of the little engine that could. But I believe, you know, the little engine had a high hill to climb and a big hall to carry. And doesn't that feel like living life sometimes? We're climbing a high hill and we got a big hall. I want to rename that story. I don't think it's properly named. I believe it should be called the little engine who couldn't until he started thinking differently. Because that's the way it is with us. We will never live differently until we start thinking differently. Philosopher James Allen wrote, as a man thinks, so is he. Well, that's scripture, but watch this. He said, as he continues to think, so he remains. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, a man is what he thinks about all day long. I said that in the first service. One man went, wow. I was like, yeah, wow. Now, Mark Twain wrote, life consists mainly of the storm of thoughts that is forever flowing through one's head. If we are going to level up, we have to become next level thinkers. I believe that was the idea behind Romans 12 and 2 when the writer said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. If we're going to level up, the first thing we've got to do is to deal with what I call our stinking thinking. It's interesting that this point was in the sermon, and when I walked out of the house to warm the the truck for my wife and I to ride to church together in, I noticed that a polecat, that's what they're called in the country, in the city they're called skunks, had left some thinking behind in our breezeway. And I thought, thank you, Lord, I thank for this confirmation of your word today. 17th century philosopher Rene Descartes declared cogito ergo sum, which is Latin for I think, therefore I am. Thinking is part of the human experience. We do it constantly. Even we're thinking about something even when we're not thinking about anything. However, what we think is heavily influenced by a number of factors. The first is this, our experiences. Our life experience heavily influences our thinking. The things we've gone through, good or bad, leave impressions and images in our memory banks, and those memories often dictate to us how we think, the places we've been, 
How many of you, when we had the deep freeze over Christmas, were thinking about a warmer place that you had been? You don't know how close I came to trying to find a pet-friendly place for me and mama and the two dogs to get in the truck and ride however long it took to get to warmer climate. I was thinking about places I'd been, the places we've been, the fun we've had, even the hardships we've endured, they all serve to shape our way of thinking. This is especially true when we have experienced emotional trauma, relational hurt, or unfair treatment from someone. We can be left with what's called the victim mentality. What's the victim mentality? It is when you constantly think like the victim. But the only problem with the victim's mentality is this. If you're always a victim, then everybody else is always a villain. And you're unable to have close friendships, loving relationships. Why? Because you have a victim's mentality and it's you against the rest of the world. The whole world's out to get you. That's the victim's mentality. Now, we think defensively in every circumstance because our experience influences our thinking. Another thing that influences our thinking are our emotions. Let me show you how it works both ways. If someone doesn't speak to you and walks by you, you may think they don't like you, and because of what you think, you feel hurt. That's your thinking influencing your emotions. But did you know your emotions can influence your thinking? It can have a substantial influence on the cognitive process we go through, including perception, attention, learning, memory, reasoning, and even problem solving. Example, how many of you have ever been in an irritable mood? How many of you are in an irritable mood right now? Because somebody in your house said it's the first of the year you're going to church whether you like to or not. Okay? <laughs> ever been angry or upset? Oh, just me. Yeah, right. Have you noticed that when you're in an irritable mood or you're angry or upset, your thoughts tend to be negative. That's your emotions influencing your thinking. Now, the next thing that can impact how we think is our education. And to this, I am speaking both formal education and informal education. Unfortunately, in today's culture, we are instructed what to think, not taught how to think. Okay? We are taught, not taught how to decide between right and wrong. We're told what's right and wrong. But the problem in the culture is usually wrong is right and right is wrong. That's why early childhood development and education is so important. That's why there are two locations of Generation Changers Academy. Because in the first five years of a child's life, the way they do thinking, their thought process is formed and shaped with a base of information. Too often in today's world, our thinking is shaped by cultural indoctrination. Whether in formal education or informal education, understand that anything we take in, we are educating ourselves. Reading a book, watching a movie or a video, listening to music. We are taking in information, and what we take in 
tends to lodge there and we begin to think according to the information we receive. What we put in our minds will influence how we think about things. It will dull our senses to sin. It will cause us to become accepting of some things that the scripture may reject. What we take in will influence our thoughts. The next thing is this, our evaluations. What other people have to say about us. I love this one. What people say about us tends to lodge in our memory and it continues to influence how we think, especially about ourselves. If you've been through an abusive relationship, either with your parents, your spouse, or someone, maybe you've heard words like, you're dumb, you're stupid. That's Tennessee's way of saying you're stupid. You're stupid. That means you're really stupid, okay? You're nothing. You're an idiot. You'll never amount to anything. We tend to hold those comments close in our memory, and although we wouldn't admit it, when you peel back the layers of a fake self-confidence, many people think they are what other people said they are. Hear me now. And as a result, this forms our stinking thinking. And we live less than lives based on less than thoughts. And the thing is, there's a direct tie between the quality of our thought life and the quality of the rest of our life. I call it the intellectual impact. Here's what I mean. Our thoughts literally chart our course in life. Now, in Isaiah 55, we read verses 10, uh, we're going to read verses 8 and 9, then I'm going to show you what's ahead of it and what's behind it and how it works together. But let's read verses 8 and 9 first. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God speaking. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, watch this, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Notice there's a direct correlation between your thought and your way. The word way in Hebrew simply means the path that you take in life. The way you live your life. Wow. It's like a ship navigating toward its destination. How many of you like going on cruises? Anybody? How many of you wish you were on one right now? You bunch of heathens, I'd rather be in God's house. You see, I'm right with God. Okay, now, <laughs> you never know whether to raise your hand at this church or not, do you? I think it's good. I'm not sure. Um, but <laughs> it may freak you out to know that if you walk past the bridge, there's nobody standing at the wheel. You know why? They have electronically charted a course with GPS systems, computers, storm systems, and you can be going through... You can be going through the ocean and everything be smooth and just a few miles away, there'd be all kind of storms going on. But they were able to input that information to get them to the destination, giving you the most pleasant ride possible. Think about that. Today, our GPS for our life is often between our ears. What's going on in our head usually has something to do with what goes on in our life. 
Because our thoughts shape our belief system. Our belief system impacts our behavior. Our behavior becomes our habit patterns. Our habit patterns then influence the direction and the trajectory of our lives. If you want to live a good life, you've got to develop some good habit patterns to get there. And that begins with what you're thinking. Wow. So if we have stinking thinking and our thinking charts the course for our lives, it's not going to turn out too well for us. It's going to be like the encounter I had with that skunk this morning. It's going to stink. Think about it. So the only solution is this. We need to change our thinking. On Sundays, let you in on a little bit behind the scenes ministry stuff at GC Church. I do four services every Sunday. I get to do four services. I'm waiting on the opportunity to do five services a Sunday, okay? I'm always thinking there's one more in there, right? And I go 8.30 in Lebanon, 9.30 here in Donaldson, 10.30 in Lebanon. Then we come back at 11.15 for this service. But every Sunday, I get in the truck. My wife says, ETA, that's like ministry talk for us, okay? It's code for estimated time of arrival, I know it is for everybody else. I just like to pretend that we're like spies or something. And, and she says, ETA, honey. And I'll type in, I'll open up the Waze app, W-A-Z-E, in my phone. Now, Waze tells me my destination, how long it's going to take to get there, how many miles it is, what the traffic conditions are, if I may or may not be getting a police escort. All those kind of things are found in the Waze app. So I put it in and Waze tells us the time we're going to arrive, and I always cut that by two minutes because everybody knows GPS time is a challenge to a man that they have to beat, okay? So we send over the time, and then everybody knows what time we're arriving at each campus. That lets the campus pastor know whether to freak out or not, you know? Because if I'm preaching one of those in-your-face culture sermons that I tend to preach sometimes, they're like, God, please don't let him be late. Please don't make me preach this. You know, (laughs) I don't blame you. I've told the campus pastors, I wish somebody else was preaching some of the stuff I get called to preach too. I understand that. But we, we have to put in information that guides the process so everybody knows what's going on. One time I left the Lebanon campus and I typed in the wrong address. I typed in the Lebanon campus. It said, you will arrive in one minute. I thought, Lord, that's the fastest we've ever made this journey. And I looked down, and I put the wrong information in. For, for it to work like it's supposed to, we have to enter the correct information. That's why God wants us this year to experience transformed thinking. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The version we read says, let God change you into a new person, make you a new person by changing the way you think. But each of us have a role in that transformation. And the role is this. We begin by seeking the Lord. Last week. Our campus pastor brought a great word to us, setting the tone that this was a year to seek after God. Interesting that at both campuses, they had different scripture references, different titles, but there was a theme that was woven for this church throughout that this is a year to seek after God. There's an invitation in the scripture to seek God. Just before, 
God says, my thoughts are higher, my ways are higher, your thoughts are lower, your ways are lower. In verses 8 and 9, we find in verses 6 and 7 these words. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, watch this now, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Notice again the tie between thoughts and ways, okay? Wow. Let him return to the Lord, that he being God may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon You know, when you get serious about God, many people think, man, when I get serious about seeking God, I don't want to do that because he's going to bust me for all of my thoughts and my ways. It's not the God we serve. Isaiah said, seek God and you'll find him as a God that's full of compassion. That will abundantly pardon. Now, if we were God and somebody finally woke up and started seeking, we'd say, it's about time. I was beginning to believe what everybody else said about you. That's not what you find with God. You find with God is, I knew it was in you because I put it there. And whatever's been holding you back, don't worry about it. It's forgiven. Let's go on and become close in our relationship together. How many of you are glad when you seek God, you find him to be a God of compassion, a God who forgives, a God who loves, and a God who restores? Come on now. When God says his ways and thoughts are higher, he is not issuing a prohibition. He is offering an invitation. I hear this scripture abused a lot. And it's well-intended abuse, but it's still abuse. It's misuse. We go through something hard in our life. A tragedy happens. We lose a loved one. Something we didn't expect comes on us. And people trying to converse will say, well, you know, we can't question God because his ways are higher, you know. Anybody ever told you that? That is well-intended baloney. Okay? They mean well. They're not bad people. They just don't understand the scripture. Because the understanding is this. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. So why don't you quit seeking after man's wisdom and start seeking after my wisdom. Why don't you start pursuing me and learn what I think about things? Why don't you start pursuing me and start knowing some of the things I know? You don't have to live your life in the dark full of questions with no answers. You can pursue God and get God's perspective for your life. Come on, somebody. Because his ways and his thoughts are higher. Wow. It's our thinking that gets us in trouble. But it's his thinking that will raise our sights and lead us to a better way of living. God is inviting all of us to a transformation process that begins by transforming our thought life. Now, and when we seek God, how does God reveal himself to us? He says it in this passage. He sends his word. Let's read now verses 10 and 11 that follow verses 8 and 9. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, 
making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God says, seek me and I will speak to you. Wow. See, we tend to know a person's thoughts when they express them in their words. Now, both you and I know that there are plenty of people that will express their thoughts even when you don't know or care or ask. You're thinking of somebody right now. And I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a lot of people I don't care or want to know what they're thinking because most of it's negative and bad and ugly. But I want to know what God thinks. How many of you want to know what God thinks? Yeah. Here's the thing. Just like with people, his thoughts are revealed in his words. And he loves us so much that he made sure to leave a written copy of his word we call the Bible. And in the Bible, we see the words of God, which contains the thoughts of God. And the good news is, his thoughts about everything are higher than ours, including us. Do you realize that God thinks more of you than you think of yourself? If he did not, he would not have invested his only son for your redemption. Wow. Now, scientists tell us, or psych- uh, psychologists tell us, that we have something built into our psyche called the cognitive screen. Here's how the cognitive screen works. When we take in new information, to log it in and understand it, we tend to relate it to an old piece of information we've already received, and that's how it locks in our memory. That's well and good. I believe God gave us that screen to protect us from false doctrine. I believe that. I believe God designed us that way. However, it can create a problem when you begin to take in the Word of God. Here's why. Your circumstance, your old information, says you're the victim, but God's Word says you're more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. Your critics say that you are nothing and will never accomplish anything, but God's Word says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The devil says you're the same old sinner you used to be. Come on now. But God says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. And you're not the same old sinner you used to be. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The enemy says, you'll never make it. There's too much against you. You don't have what it takes. But the Word of God says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And weapons may be formed, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The devil said, there's no reason to make another run at this thing. 
There's no reason to make another run at your marriage. There's no reason to make another run at serving God. There's no reason for you to make another run at that business God put in your heart because you're going to fall. You're going to fail. But you know what God's Word says? God's Word says, although a thousand fall at your left and ten thousand at your right side, it shall not come nigh you. See, we've got some new information we need to get and we need to let that new information flood through our minds and wash away our old way of thinking and begin to think like God thinks. Isaiah went on to say, you will be, you will go out with joy and you'll be led by peace. Wow. How many of you would like for your life to be filled with joy and led by peace? The only way you'll be led by peace is when you walk in the confidence of God-like thinking. He will keep those at perfect peace. Whose hearts, whose minds are stayed upon Him. That sounds like leveling up. Not walking in fear and doubt and frustration, but being filled with joy and being led by peace. That's what God thinking produces in someone's life. You know, he goes on to say, the mountains before you will break out in song. I got to thinking about that today, and my mind went to a very old musical that most have seen. And it said, the hills are alive with the sound of music. I started seeing the old gentleman walking down the pathway singing zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay, and a bluebird coming landing on his shoulder that he could sing to. That sounds like the kind of life I want to live. And let me tell you something. There's, there, there, there's going to be trouble that comes to everybody's life. You're going to go through difficulties, but you can go through it filled with joy and led by peace because you've got inside information. You've got heavenly info on your earthly existence, and you know you're not by yourself, but you're walking with the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or imagine. Wow. We need to become critical thinkers where we analyze all the facts, the evidence, the observations, the arguments, and we form judgment, that's critical thinking. But here's the thing, the facts are not in what's new, the facts are in what's true. One of the struggles I have with today's culture is they want me to think that in the past 30 years, we've become wiser than thousands of years of godly wisdom that we've experienced through his word. You'll never find the truth in what's new. You'll only find the facts in what's true. And the truth is found in the principles and the promises of God's word. Don't make, I, I, I want to challenge you this year. I want every person that's part of this church family, whether you're part of our online family or part of our family at one of our locations more than anything this year get into the word and get the word into you give some of your Netflix time to Nehemiah some of your Hulu to Habakkuk if I could think of any more if I were any smarter I would throw those in too but make a disciplined effort 
at spending time in the Bible because when you get into the Bible, the Bible gets into you. And you begin to live your life thinking with his thoughts. Now, let me give you a word of encouragement. When his higher thoughts meet your low expectations, don't react in doubt and reduce the promise to meet your expectation. Respond in faith and raise your expectation to meet the promise. For the word was a benefit to them being mixed with faith. What is faith? When we set our expectations according to what thus saith the Lord. Let us become different. Let us level up in our living because we're leveling up in our thinking and all the lies we've been told by the people who don't love us and by the devil who's out to destroy us. It's time to tell them I'm not listening to those lies anymore. I've found the source of truth and the truth is that God loved me so much he sent his only son to die and redeem me and today I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm delivered. I'm not who I used to be. I'm who I'm going to be in Jesus name <clears throat> thank you father you know I just feel led to do something different is that all right I don't get this I don't get this leeway in every service because we have a time clock but I feel led to do something different there are people here you've been living your life with lower thoughts and as a result, you've lived a less than life based on less than thoughts. Your ex may have been a monster. Your parent may have been an abuser. You may have had an addict for a father that was too busy fighting his own demons to ever help you learn how to fight against yours. There's some of you carrying some things in your life that have been weighing you down a long time. I'm not even going to ask you to stand today. But I'm going to ask you, if that describes you, I want you just to get up from where you are and come join me because we're going to declare the Word of God over you right now. Just, just, just get up. Be bold. Be brave. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Wow. The Lord says to you, it is time to stop letting the words of others guide your life. It is for time for you to stop believing less than information. It's time for you to relinquish what you even think about yourself and begin to know the thoughts of God concerning you. I will tell you, there's been people tell you in your life you're not that great. And there's even been people blame you for their own troubles. 
There have been people who've abused you that blamed you for the abuse and said, why do you make me do this? There have been people who've taken advantage of you and then said it was your fault. I had news for you. It wasn't. That was the accuser of the brethren. That was Satan speaking. Know what God says. God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God says to you today, you were thoughtfully and intentionally created. God says to you, you don't have to keep repeating broken behavior because your psyche and your emotions have been broken. God says you can be whole, you can be healed, you can be well, you can make a difference. You are not doomed to repeat generational curses. They are broken through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Some of you think my mother or father struggled with mental illness, therefore I'm going to struggle with mental illness. But God says, no, you won't. Because I'll keep you at perfect peace as your mind is stayed on me. Some of you think where you are is always where you're going to be. But God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and give you hope and a future. In that day, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I declare today is a new day over you in the name of Jesus. Father, I come before you right now. I have sensed you speaking in the Holy Spirit already in this room. I have sensed your work going forth with power and anointing. God, I stand before this group of people today knowing exactly how they feel because things happened in my early life that set my opinion of myself lower than what you have. Things happened to me, Lord, that drug me down to a place where I became insecure and difficult and defensive and all sorts of things. I acted out through bad relational behavior and all sorts of things went on in my life. God, I, I know who they are. I know how they feel. But I also know, Lord, that you are always there regardless of whether I recognized it or not, regardless of whether I acknowledged it or not, regardless of whether I surrender to it or not you are always there and I declare you have designed this moment right now Lord long before we ever stood in this place you wrote this time down and you said that this is the day when things change for good in the name of Jesus this is the day when all things pass away and all things become new. This is the day when we exchange our own thoughts and we begin to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and leaning not on our own understanding. This is the day when your thoughts become our thoughts. Your word becomes our words. Our life becomes the life you've intended for us to live. I declare no matter what is behind you, I declare the Holy Spirit today that greater things are ahead of you than are behind. Your best days are yet to come. God God has more for you. God has greater things from you. From this moment, you will walk on a different plane. You will live on a different level, says the Lord. You will walk in favor because you understand, God says, my favor is not based on your performance. My favor is based on my unchangeable love for you. Right now, I want you just to picture in your mind your Father God
taking his enormous arms, wrapping both of them around you, and saying, child, I love you. And if I love you, it doesn't matter if others misunderstand you. It doesn't matter if others mistreat you. It doesn't matter if others accuse you. I love you. I made you. I know you. I love you. Lord, for that one standing up here today that's been abused, I speak healing through the stripes of Jesus. For that one that came up here today broken, I speak wholeness and wellness of mind, body, and spirit over them. For that one that came up feeling rejected, I speak divine acceptance, a love that will never turn them away. For that one that came up confused about who they are, I speak clarity and confidence that you were thoughtfully created by God and he has a purpose for the way in which he has created you. We thank you, Father, and I declare that in this year, we will not be guided by human thought. We will be guided by divine thought. Therefore, we will live life with divine influence from this moment on in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I declare in Christ, we are truly blessed. We are highly favored. And come on, you know what? Say it with me. We are deeply loved in Jesus' name. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this room now. Come on, give him praise all around this room. Come on, step to your feet and give God praise all around the room today. He's worthy. He deserves it. He's here to receive your praise. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. You may be seated. Thanks for joining us today at Generation Changers Church. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. GC can now be your home church no matter where you live with GC Church Online. Watch weekly messages wherever you are with family and friends. Join our online family today by texting the word online to 615-488-7151. And let's do life together. If you would like more information, please visit gcchurch.tv. And special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or texting the word GIVE to 615-375-4286 or by going to gcchurch.tv and clicking the GIVE tab. God bless you and we'll see you next week.